I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast, back yet again. My name is Brian Robb, joined by Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston at the Celtics. Take care of business in Game 6 against the Hawks by 128-120 margin. Chris, it got a little hairy there for the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. What, little? What, a little, yeah. Like, what, what was your level of concern here for a game that I think everyone expected to to go the Celtics way? Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I think the game five traumatized us and we just assumed that it might linger. And I'm thinking there as they get near crunch time and uh, the Hawks pull ahead by three and it felt like the offense was going to start sputtering and Smart had that really bad stretch. I will fully admit I was like, uh oh, please don't let this be uh, game five part two. But no, just the opposite. Celtics actually tightened it up. Jalen Brown hit that, you know, huge sort of 28 foot three pointer. Uh, I think it was over the top of Collins and it just felt like it was a relief. Okay. It's back to tide. Let's see what happens from here. And then the Celtics didn't miss uh, the rest of the way with everybody kind of contributing. Or if they did miss like the, the Horford missed Tatum swoops in and shows about as much emotion as we've seen. So good for them to get to the finish line, but I'll tell you, B-Rob, here's what I walk away thinking. Uh, it, it, if we learned anything in the series, it's that like the road is here. The Celtics should be in the NBA finals. It, they just got to stay out of their own damn way, which we probably already knew before this series. But this series just strongly reaffirmed. Don't play with your food. Don't take your foot off the gas pedal and just get this thing done because it is improbable just how much it has laid out perfectly for this team. The fact that the Celtics only have to beat one, two of the Heat, Knicks or 76ers to get to the final is nuts. To your it's point. wild. It's absolutely nuts. And it's like I said, it's right there for them. I, we thought last year they could not have a better path. We were wrong this year. <laughs> this is like as good as it gets. There are some demons involved here, but with like Miami, but still, that's all these teams should are teams that you should beat, particularly a Philly team that may or may not have Embiid like close to 100% in this series. But going back what's to games, your read? what is your read on that? Do you want to jump ahead to Philly or are we going to do, let, do we Let's do one read on this game. I think. Okay. You brought up smart. I think that was like the key to this game right now. Like midway through that fourth quarter, he looked like two bricks and a turnover. And it was like, here we go. Game seven in Boston upcoming. Then he went to the bench (laughs) for like 30 seconds. And he came back and he figured out, okay, I'm going to go to the paint now. I'm not going to hang out at the three-point line when these doubles come. Horford three, open shots all over the place. I led to offensive rebounds. And then – he finally, at one point, he even hit a layup because they went out yeah. to chase a three at the end of the game. That I don't, Do you feel like that was an awareness thing for him? Was that an adjustment that Joe Mazzullo made? Like, how, how do you feel like, because that's like, okay, this is the smart that needs to show up in every fourth quarter. You need to yeah, go to the so I, I think you've heard the story, right? Max tells the story where, like, last year, Smart's agreement with Ibe Adoka was he had, like, one miscue, right? Like, he could throw away a stupid pass, and then it was like, okay, you got to tighten up. And I don't know what his deal is with Joe this year. I don't think there's anything uh, similar. But it's like, in that moment, Joe said, okay, 
and credit to Joe for recognizing this is unacceptable. Malcolm Brogdon had just steadied the, 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 the floor game for the start of that fourth quarter. Here you come and you're taking bad shots and you're turning the ball over. And it felt like he went to the bench and it was just enough to be like Marcus kind of reel it in, which is something that this team has struggled with so much, just kind of catching themselves. But certainly I think he went back out there with just maybe a little something in the back of his mind of, okay, He's not going to be afraid to pull me off the court here in crunch time if I don't get my act together. Now, they needed his defense. They wanted the chaos factor. So it's hard to keep Marcus off the court. But it was good that he had some of the awareness to to reel it in. I agree. I, th- I The three he made, I mean, I think all of us were sitting there going, oh, boy, you know, that's a big shot that he's got that he's got to hit on that that swing to the above the break. And uh but yeah, it just felt like he he made the right plays. He was in, engaged defensively. Really throughout the second half, like it felt like Marcus said, "Okay, Trey's not going to beat us." And was at least a little bit more impactful in in trying to to try to take him out of it. And I think it showed, you know, not only in in Trey's output but the Hawks in general. So, so credit like this is why, you know, we can debate all day whether Marcus Smart uh, you know, how much you can trust him in that situation, but uh, especially on a on a podcast called Winning Players, I think you just got to trust that uh, that he he's going to make the right. He's got more often than not is going to make the right play. Two out of every three games, <laughs> the winning plays for Ryan Smart. Uh, what a, yeah, one of thirteen for Trey in the second half, like just sneaky, like they really shut him down there. And um, I, the the Joe Mazzula hockey lines to end the game here, like literally just mixing and matching at the end. Like you said, was that just to keep everyone in their toes situation? Like all right, listen. Things didn't go well in game five here. Let's just get everyone a chance to figure find a lineup that works. I, it could be. I, I mean, I do like that the core four was out there. It felt like he made it a point um, to to have raw. I mean, uh, Al, Marcus, Jalen, Jason. Then those were the guys that kind of carried you to the finish line. Um, you know, I still don't know if we know what the closing lineup is, but the point, the fact we of the matter is. Yeah, uh, it, they should probably – it shouldn't get to a point in the next round where you have to worry about a closing lineup if you play to your potential. So, uh, you know, you can worry about that further down the road. And and, uh, and the, the best part is at least he has options. Like, it, it's – what a luxury to be able to say if Marcus doesn't have it going, you can go to Brogdon or White or whatever. But, yeah, they need everybody to just sort of be just that little bit more locked in. And I like just – the energy at the end, like where the hell has that been for the better part of this series? Where's the emotion, the desire to, to end this thing? I do hope that as annoying as it was to have to go to game six. And I always fear that this team never learns its lesson, but I do hope they it, at least pluck something from this series. It can be like, Oh yeah, we're really good. We're so much better than everybody else that's remaining. Let's just actually show it. Let's turn things on of six minutes left in the fourth quarter instead of turning, you know, yeah, take it off. That's uh, yeah, it is <laughs> bold strategy. Bold strategy, bold strategy. Crazy. Um, yeah, like Tatum. I feel like Tatum showed up for the whole second half. Uh, mm-hmm. from the rebound standpoint, Jalen really seemed to turn it on the in the fourth quarter, offensively and defensively. Like the efficiency of those guys is kind of crazy. But again, it's the Hawks. Like defensively, they have no one who can shut those guys down. So that's. You know, can they, we can we talk about the 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 the, the most unexpected part was uh, Al Horford pretty much saying like if you if you trash talk him he will rip your throat out like yes. I did not expect bold Al in the post game press conference to uh to be upset at the Hawks. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I want to find out. I want to find that fan. Like, what what, what do you say now, Horford? The the nicest guy on the planet to, to, to rile him up that much. And, and well, and, and the spin it forward be Rob, like this is why I'm, I'm bullish on, I mean, I always thought that the Celtics were better than the, the Sixers to begin with, but we know how motivated Al gets for that matchup. And if I was worried about like focus and intensity, you know, you got Al who's going to be like, look, look, I love you guys, but we are not losing this series to this team. And uh, I just feel like they're in a really good spot going into this. Not only, you know, you never, yeah, clearly you never want injuries, but for a Celtics team that has so often been on the other side of it, it's it's almost jarring that it's like oh someone else is worried about health and not the Celtics, uh, and even at full strength, I feel pretty good about the the Celtics' chances based on how they played these Sixers in really the entirety of the Embiid tenure. Yeah, so let's let's get to it. We've we're gonna we'll have a full fledged preview coming up, but this, it, we have enough time here to really dig into this a little bit. I don't. I mean, it's like you said, it's weird that this team has no injuries right now, not even a concern of one Jalen's hand. Like he even, that doesn't even seem to be a factor anymore based on just how he's playing right now. And I don't know, like this, this almost, I feel like the Celtics, it's going to be much easier to guard the rest of the Sixers team outside of Embiid than this Hawks mm-hmm. team. This Hawks team had a bunch of guys that could put up points. The yep. Sixers, I think it's just, we've seen it for all year from a matchup standpoint, the Celtics, do really well with this team because there's just not a lot of guys who scare you anymore, whether it's Harden or Tobias Harris, like Embiid is going to get his, but mm-hmm. outside of Maxi going nuts, like who, who else is there to worry about right now? Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Like you start looking at their, their, the score Maxi's been great, like super efficient. These playoffs, I do think he'll give you some troubles, but can he maintain that efficiency? We know Harden's not going to. The Celtics have been consistently through the years able to, to, to frustrate him. The one thing will be like, how mad do they get? if Embiid and, and Harden live at the free throw line, you know, that's yeah. the, the sort of the roadmap for them to really kind of put some pressure on Boston. But the, on the other side, like Celtics have scored at will against this team, like pretty consistently, especially when they've had everybody. And you just feel like they're really set up with their depth. I mean, the, 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 the Sixers run out of depth real quick. I mean, five deep, six deep, like it, it gets dicey. And I just don't, I, the Celtics should have an advantage when, the Brogdons and Robs and and all that come into that game uh, to at least make some hay and and uh, even if Embiid's going nuts, they're you know I, can he play like what if if he's got a bum knee can he play forty plus minutes in these games? And so I just think they're in a they're in a tough spot if if Embiid isn't able to to give them everything, play it at MVP level. So uh, I, and I would have felt this. I keep saying it. I would have felt this way even if Embiid was healthy because the Celtics have just owned that Philadelphia team. And that's not to say it won't be complicated because the Celtics make everything complicated. But I, it's hard for me to see the roadmap. And I said that with the Hawks too. But it's hard for me to see the roadmap for Philly really, really finding a way to win four games in this series. Like it just feels like the Celtics, even if it has to go six or seven, will should be should ultimately emerge in this series. It's it's a series that should go five games, won't go five games, yep. go longer than that, well, like exactly. you think, Atlanta. But to your point, I don't think Embiid can even play forty minutes in this series if he's healthy, with the yeah. pace that like if 
if the Celtics play the pace that they played in game six against the Sixers, that is going to be like Harden and Embiid are going to be gasping for air at the beginning of every fourth quarter. Which means the Celtics will walk the ball up the court, for, you, know, <laughs> okay. you know, throughout the duration of of these. You no, know, like I think I think this is why it's important that Joe, whenever they start huddling, has got to be like, guys, look, there's like a clear way to win this series where it's just play with pace, make these guys work, and yeah, there's going to be nights where they go unconscious and it might be tough, but my gosh, it just doesn't feel like it's sustainable for for Philly from 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 that perspective. And then you just look down the bench to your point of like, okay, it's like Brogdon versus DeAnthony Melton and um, like Grant Williams versus Jalen McDaniels or Paul yeah. Reed. Like you just like, there's just advantages everywhere for the Celtics. There's people, guys that you can pick on everywhere for them. And if Embiid is not being his efficient self, like I don't know where they make up that scoring if the Celtics decide to lock down defensively, which I expect them to do in this series. I think this is going to be definitely a more, you know, defensively minded. So Philly can... Mm-hmm lockdown when they want to there but when you look for years it's like the Celtics have abused Tobias Harris when it matters and Harden you just don't trust him to be able to separate anymore in, the, in this series yeah. I feel like and PJ Tucker corner threes like yeah you, are they going to beat you four out of seven games like I, it's it's hard to see it happening yeah and that's where I'm at like I, it's so weird I told you this when we went into the Hawks series like it's weird to be irrationally confident in the Celtics because they don't inspire confidence with the way that they make everything more complicated than it needs to be and yet ultimately despite their own 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 ability to to to, to muddy it up the path is there it's wide open the runway just take it just go to the finals wait for to see who comes out of the west and uh and just be ready just stay healthy for a bomb that's all you got to do Celtics well, forget the West. Who's coming out of the the nah, other East semifinals? Uh, and that's a great question. I suspect the Knicks will win that series, and you don't think so, Randall? I've, I don't know. I'm I'm a believer in my magic magic now. Like they, I'm all in on this. Wow. Like this. Like the because the Knicks, the Cavs weren't ready for prime time in that series. Like true, they they stunk, and I mean Milwaukee stunk for a lot of that series too. But I, I like. I refuse to bet against Jimmy Butler at this point for with that next team. Yeah, no, that's and that's fair. And I, like, look, <laughs> we all know who the the writers are rooting for in this series after being denied <laughs> the Miami trip in round uh, one. I am absolutely, and if I can't go to Milwaukee, then I'd ra- much rather go to to Miami than than do the New York shuttle down there and uh, like get no go get no air miles in this in this postseason. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll be interested. And and if like Jimmy's going to have to be great again. And I just don't know if he can do it for three straight series. So, but if he can yeah. do it for two and then hopefully run out of gas again, the, the depth is the thing for me is just, you know, it's at some point, Jimmy's going to look up and be like, Oh my God. Like it, unless bam just goes up supernova or goes, goes to another level for, for an entire series. It's just, you know, he, he's going to need some help. And, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I, 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 I guess the bottom line is if you're the Celtics fan, you just hoping those two teams beat the hell out of each yeah. other in a, so in a series and just be gas. And that, and again, Celtics, all the more reason you got to take care of business quick against Philly if you if you are truly the superior team. All right, well, Celtics sitting on home court advantage throughout these play. I mean, we didn't even spend any time on the, the Bucks collapse. It's, so we'll, we'll, we, we we can talk. Let's a whole I'm just too, I'm just too, I'm just too uh, I'm just too upset. I love Milwaukee. I was ready for a seven game series between the two best teams in the NBA, uh, and uh, despite Giannis's uh, suggestion, just a just a devastatingly epic failure for the Milwaukee Bucks coach bud 
was like it's a legendary performance. Legendary. Who's gonna coach? Who's coaching there next year? Like not Nick Nurse, right? Yeah, I can't be Nick. I, everyone says Nick Nurse. I'm like, I you don't want like you no. don't want Nick Nurse there. Like it could it it could have been Ime. I know oh, that's the thing now. It's like right. And we we really need the Ime talk. Being like saying there's no yeah, chance he's gonna go, but but we at least we were timely in terms of talking about it. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad we spoke that into existence, and it didn't turn out to be as much of a distraction as I thought it would be. So, no. um, yeah, all good that he picked that. Because if he went to Milwaukee or something, or if he went to Philly, or if he went to even Toronto, you know, that's a lot more consternation than there is now. And uh, you know, now you'd only have to worry about seeing him if Wembanyama gets them to the finals in like 2028. Well, we'll be waiting for that. For now, <laughs> the 2023 finals are on the docket. I'm Brian Rob. I'm gonna go try to find my voice. Um, <laughs> Go check out Chris Forsberg and these sports spots. And the games are gone, but the the coverage will still be ramped up. Oh, the up. coverage will stay. And I get to go out on the road. I will be seeing you in Philly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Road Forsberg. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll come back next week with uh, a bigger preview and hopefully my voice. Talk to you then. <laughs>